Hello and welcome to the Body Resilient Mum podcast. I'm your host, Louise Hurley, and I am here to elevate your body image one conversation at a time. Most of us have grown up believing that a thinner, smoother, tighter body and face is better. And if we have these things, then we have succeeded and we'll live happily ever after. When we've been surrounded by this message all of our lives, in some form or other, we tend not to question it. It's just the way of the world. But have you ever stopped to wonder whether these standards that we've been holding ourselves to are even possible to achieve? And if we do try to match these standards, like losing weight or trying to remain wrinkle and dimple free, is it actually healthy? As mums, we feel under so much pressure to succeed in all areas of life, including trying not to look like we've grown and birthed a tiny human. This podcast will encourage you to challenge your long-term beliefs about what your body should look like and help you to move from a place of conflict with your body to a place of peace and acceptance. In this episode, I'm going to take you through a lesson by lesson what is included in the Body Resilient Mum Project. Now, before you go and switch off and find another podcast to listen to, this is not a 40-minute sales pitch. This is an educational episode where I want you to actually learn something about, one, the way that you currently think about your body. Two, I want you to learn some tools in how to challenge the way that you currently think about your body. And three, I want you to learn some skills based in cognitive behavioural therapy, or CBT, to improve your body image. So yes, I'm going to talk about my online program, which is the Body Resilient Mum Project, but I want to do it in a way that you can take something away from this episode. You can learn something and hopefully you can apply it as well. I've split this topic up into two parts. So this episode of the podcast is going to be part one. A later episode of the podcast will be part two. And this is simply because there is so much to cover in the Body Resilient Mum Project. Although it's only six lessons long and each lesson is actually quite short, to talk about it all and to take you through it and to teach you things through this podcast is actually going to take a long time. And if you're a busy mum like me, which I'm sure you are, we wanna keep things fast, we wanna keep them simple and we wanna to get to the point. So this is going to be part one. Like I've already mentioned in part one, we're going to cover some cognitive behavioral therapy skills. I'm also going to take you through a little bit of mindfulness at the end. So if you're driving and listening to this podcast, make sure you come back to it later and you give this a go at home. I'm going to start off by talking about what, what body image resiliency actually is. What on earth is it? If we think about all the times every day probably in our life that we feel our body image gets a bashing. So think of all the times that you have thought, oh my God, like I feel awful now about the way that I look. So that could be something on social media, for example. Maybe you saw somebody in a bikini um, and they were talking about how lean they are or, or how eating carbs is really bad for you. And you suddenly think, oh my God, I feel awful. I love eating bread, I love eating pasta. And my body looks nothing like hers. I feel awful about my body. I hate my tummy, I hate my bum, I hate my cellulite. Maybe you have family members who comment on the size, the weight, the shape of your body, the exercise that you're doing, or perhaps the exercise that you're not doing. Great Aunt Eunice might be a lovely lady, but when she comments on how much weight you've recently put on and should you be having that second helping, that's actually none of her business and it is not helpful for your body image. Things like this, we cannot avoid, or we, we can try, but we are probably unlikely to avoid them in our life. And so what we want to do is build resiliency so that we can bounce back from them stronger. We can't avoid it. We can't control what other people say. We can't control what they do. 
you can kind of control what you see on social media, but you can't always control what other people show you and post. So what we want to do is build resiliency to teach ourselves to see our value and our worth outside of the way that we look and outside of what our body looks like so that we know that when these things happen and when we do feel a little bit shitty about our body, um, we can bounce back from that and we can remind ourselves how amazing our body actually is regardless of what it looks like. I start lesson one by getting you to think about how you think about your body at the moment. Do you see it as a tool, like a spanner in a toolbox? <laughs> yes, I have just likened your body to a spanner, but bear with me. Do you see it as this functional tool that you pick up out the toolbox because you know it's going to do the job, it's functional, it has a job, it can fix things, it's creative. Um, it's functional. Or do you see it as something that is to be solely judged on the way that it looks? Is it this ornament that sits on the shelf? Some people might really like the way it looks, some people might not like the way that it looks. That's down to personal taste, but it is solely judged on the way that it looks. A lot of the time, whether we like it or not, whether we try to or not, we often see our bodies as this ornament that is on the shelf and it is judged on the way that we look. I want you to start shifting your mindset from that ornament to, to the spanner. I want you to think of your body as that functional tool. Think about its purpose, think about what it achieves, think about all the things that it does for you every single day. This is just the introduction into this. The Body Resilient Mom Project goes deeper into this and really gives you some practical tips on how to start doing this. And I'm going to cover those later. But for now, just start thinking about how you actually see your body. Now, our bodies are meant to change as we get older. You know that, I know that, but it is so easy to forget this. So as we go through motherhood, our bodies obviously change lots and lots. As we age, our bodies change lots and lots. So our skin texture changes. We might get more cellulite, we might put on weight, we might change in shape. Maybe our tummy gets a little bit bigger as we go through menopause. Maybe our boobs change shape. That does not mean it's a bad thing. That is completely normal. So our bodies are not meant to look like they did when they were 20, when we're 40. That's just not how nature works. However, we don't see this. We don't see it in the media. We don't often see it on social media, even our friends' posts or maybe family's pictures. We don't see it because of filters or just because people choose not to show those bits of life. So when it does happen to us, when we do gain a little bit of natural weight or when our bodies do change shape or size, it can become a source of embarrassment rather than just something that is absolutely normal and happens. Now, <sighs> When we place so much value on the way that our body looks, so that ornament, rather than how it functions, like the spanner, we can actually start to disregard our health. People can have a very low body weight and low body fat content, or a low BMI, but actually be quite unhealthy. Not everybody, I'm just saying that it, it can happen, that you could actually be very unhealthy and have the, you know, the typical look that we see that is deemed as healthy. And vice versa, you can actually be in a bigger body, be heavier, have a higher BMI, and have a very, very healthy body. We live in a society that sees losing weight as an achievement and putting on weight as something that should be shameful or something to be avoided. And as we've already discussed, your body has this natural range in which it fluctuates in size and shape, but it can still be extremely healthy. 
regardless of what it looks like. Now in this first lesson of the Body Resilient Mum project, I use a real life case study. The name is made up, but the case study is real. I'm going to share that one with you now because I hope you can resonate and relate to something in this case study. I've called her Sammy. Sammy wanted to lose weight after her baby was born. Now her family have always been fixated on fitness and losing weight. They usually comment on her weight and they constantly offer dietary advice and tips for weight loss. Now Sammy is naturally heavier and she's larger than her sister and her mum. Despite coming from a place of love, their comments about her weight and size actually make Sammy feel ashamed about her body. So Sammy started following this rigid, very rigid diet plan, which meant that she significantly reduced her calories. She eliminated certain food groups and she increased her exercise. Now this was a very quick fix. And of course, because she was in a calorie deficit, which means she burnt off more calories than what she consumed, she did lose the weight. When her mum and sister saw her at the wedding, they noticed that she had lost weight and they praised her. They told her how good she looked, how healthy she was, and obviously this made Sammy feel great. So she finally felt that her family approved of her body. The next time she saw her mum and her sister, it was almost 12 months later and she felt extremely embarrassed and shameful because she was no longer the size of the weight she was when she last saw them. It really hurt her to not receive any praise about how well she was doing because she was training really well, she was eating well, but her body was back to her normal weight. It was where her body was happiest and healthiest. However, in her mum and her sister's eyes, this was too heavy. So she no longer received any of those compliments. And again, her mum and her sister offered her unsolicited but well-meaning advice about her current food choices and the way that she was exercising. She said it really stung not to get those compliments from her family about how well she was or how she looked. So Sammy and I worked on perceiving her body as this functional tool rather than this ornament to be judged and looked at for its beauty. So for every comment that Sammy had about the way that her body looked, she was able to then identify how well her body functioned. And she came to realize that her weight was one, was only a number, and two, it doesn't change the fact that she has this healthy body that can lift weights, it can run, it can scoop up her toddler and carry them around easily. We discussed conversations that she could have with her family about how healthy, doesn't have a size, how it's not defined by weight, and actually how mentally and physically well she's feeling at her current weight and shape and size. I hope that you can resonate with something in that case study, especially the ending, how we talked about how functional, how fit and healthy her body was despite the size and the shape. Attaching your worth to the way your body looks is absolutely not your fault. The thing is, you didn't make the conscious decision to think about your body in this way. Throughout Western culture, women have been viewed as creatures who should look beautiful and pretty. Whilst we might think that we're making progress in this day and age, because, you know, we can look lean, we can lift heavy, we've got muscles, we can do what men do, and we can be independent. When you look at how that's actually portrayed in the media, you know, these strong, independent women are usually only represented in one way. They're young, they're thin, no body hair, smooth skin, free of stretch marks and cellulite. We're still very rarely exposed to what 
real bodies, especially postnatal bodies, look like in our culture. And it's so sad how our culture almost demands that mothers show no sign of having a baby. You know, fix those stretch marks, hide that loose skin, don't look tired and do something about that mum-tum. And so it's the culture that we've brought up, been brought up in and a lot of the time these messages are so subtle we don't even realise that we're being shamed into not looking a certain way or that we're being shamed into having a body that looks as though it's had a baby. So what is wrong with wanting to look good? Well, absolutely nothing. You should be able to say and completely believe that you love the way that your body looks as well as saying that you love what your body does. We are lucky to live in a time where we have body autonomy. That means you're the boss of your own body and you get to decide what you do with it and how you want to present it. What I want you to learn through this episode is that you should feel just as validated and worthy when wearing no makeup and with unwashed hair as you do with a full face of makeup on and your hair freshly washed and styled. What I want you to drill into your brain is that your worth and your value as a human being is not measured by how your body looks. I could tell you this until I'm blue in the face, I know, and you could nod and agree and say, yes, I know. But believe me, it takes a lot of time to actually believe this yourself. So what happens when you start regarding your body as this functional tool instead of that pretty ornament that sits on the shelf? Well, your sense of worth and your confidence and your validation come from how good your body and mind actually are rather than what you think your body looks like. And nobody can take that away from you. And in the same way, when your confidence comes from what your body and mind can do, then the way that your body looks no longer diminishes that sense of value and self-worth. Now, there's something I want you to practice and it's self-gratitude. If you're driving, you might wanna say these things out loud, but if you're sitting down and you do have access to a pen and paper, give this a go. Pause the podcast and give this a go in a bit. I would like you to try to write down at least five things that you are grateful for that your body does for you. Not about your children, not about your family, not about the beautiful house you live in. Things that you are grateful for that your body does for you. For example, I'm grateful that my body is able to cuddle my children. I'm grateful that my body is strong. I'm grateful that my body keeps me alive. I'm grateful that my body has given birth. These things that you are grateful for, that your body has done or continues to do for you. Just have a go. If you're able to, pause it. Pause the podcast. Write these things down. If you're driving, maybe just say them out loud. It's a really powerful tool because it takes away the focus of how you look and places that worth and that value on what your body does. And sometimes it's really nice just to remind yourself of how amazing your body actually is. In lesson two of the Body Resilient Mum Project, I cover how sometimes we can feel as though our body has let us down. Now, everybody's journey through motherhood is different and perhaps you've had difficulty conceiving or perhaps you've experienced miscarriage or perhaps your pregnancy or some of your birth was traumatic, which may have resulted in birth-related injuries. Now, there are so many reasons why you might feel as though your body's let you down, and those feelings should absolutely be acknowledged and validated. Sometimes even being a heavier weight compared to pre-pregnancy 
you know, maybe experience back pain or abdominal separation or leaking when you laugh or sneeze, or generally feeling squishier might make you feel as though your body has let you down. Maybe you feel it's fallen short of society's expectations and also your own expectations. I want you to know you're not silly, you're not wrong or unreasonable for thinking this, but it's really important to remember that your body has done so much for you throughout your life and it continues to work so hard to keep you alive now. So maybe despite your body not doing what you hoped it would do in a particular point in your life or maybe not looking a particular way, just know that your body is absolutely doing its best. And we've kind of come back around to that self-compassion, how it's so important to show self-compassion to our body when we're trying to build body image resiliency. There are several things that you can do if you're feeling as though your body has physically let you down. Working with a women's health physio is a really important step because they are going to be your eyes on the inside. They can help you with birth-related injuries. So no matter how broken you might feel that your body is or how disappointed you are in it not doing what it should do now it's had this baby or disappointed that you're not going back to your regular exercise yet you can absolutely get there but you need some help from the right professionals in your corner the first port of call is your women's health physio an important part of becoming more self-compassionate is knowing your birth story it might have been six years ago, it might be 20 years ago, maybe it was actually quite recent, but it's really important to know your birth story because when you know what happened to your body during birth, you can actually start to show some self-compassion as to why your body is actually doing what it's doing now. For example, maybe you've got pelvic organ prolapse and you're feeling anger towards your body because it's not doing what it should do. You can absolutely feel anger about that, however, you can get the right rehabilitation too from your women's health physio. So if you know what happened in your birth story and you know why your body is doing these things, it's so much easier to show self-compassion towards your body. The same goes for perimenopause and menopause. When you know what is going on with your body and you know why your body is doing these things, you can talk to the right professionals about it who can help you in relieving these symptoms. And instead of being feeling let down, feeling that your body has let you down or instead of feeling angry you can turn towards self-compassion instead. Over the next few lessons in the Body Resilient Mum project I take you through some very basic cognitive behaviour therapy skills including how to identify thought traps that you might fall into. As well as identifying these thought traps what's more important is how to get out of them. Now the purpose of identifying these thought traps is that once we know that they're happening we can start to challenge them which will help us pick apart a situation and better understand it. So when we think about cognitive behavioural therapy what we have is a relationship between our beliefs, our reactions, a consequence to this reaction and emotions and these four things are all interlinked and one affects the other. So for example your belief may be that you believe that your body doesn't look good enough in a swimsuit. Your reaction to this is a thought trap. Maybe you think that people will think that your body is disgusting. A consequence of this is that you might always cover up even when it's too hot or maybe you don't even go to the beach with your children and therefore miss out. The emotion around this is shame and embarrassment towards your body and maybe mum guilt because you're not playing with your children on the beach. 
And this then feeds into the belief again that you believe that your body doesn't look good enough in swimwear. What we want to do is to try to break this cycle. And a way that we can do that is by identifying some of the thought traps that we might fall into. I'm gonna take you through a few of these thought traps. See if you can resonate with any of them. Do you fall into any of these thought traps? The first one that comes to mind is critical narration. This is a thought trap where we have this critical narrative or a story of ourselves. So when we're critical of ourselves, everything can feel impossible because we've set impossible standards that make us feel hopeless and lead us to think, what's the point? We can turn down our critical narrative with self-compassion. Here we go, we come back to that self-compassion again, such as reminding ourselves that our bodies are meant to change after having children and this is completely normal and we're meant to look heavier, we're meant to be heavier, we're meant to look different. Another thought trap we can fall into is labeling. So when we give ourselves a label, like our body a label, for example, I'm too heavy or I'm so unfit, I'm always unfit, I'm no good at exercise. When we give our body that label, we tend to believe it and therefore we act in accordance with those beliefs. Maybe instead of labeling your body as something definitive, try using words such as at the moment or yet. So for example, I'm so unfit at the moment. I don't like exercise at the moment. I'm not strong enough yet. Another thought trap that we all probably fall into, myself included, is mind reading. So this is when we think that we know what other people are thinking about us. So you might think other people will think I don't look good enough in swimwear or other people will think I'm too big to be on the beach. We don't know what other people are thinking. We want to ask ourselves, is this thought realistic? Is there evidence for or against it? So where's the proof that people will think this? And at the end of the day, does it matter what other people think? Another thought trap that we might fall into is catastrophizing. This is when we might perceive a situation to be much worse than it actually is. Can you think back to a time when you've thought something about your body and at the time it was a really huge deal, like it was the end of the world, but looking back on it, it was probably quite insignificant. I know when I was a teenager and in my early 20s, there were so many times when I'd not go to events or I'd miss out on something because of the way that I looked or I didn't think I looked good enough and therefore I wasn't confident and I didn't go. So I missed out and it was because I catastrophized the whole situation. And the last thought trap that I'll cover is unrealistic expectations. So these can be unrealistic expectations of ourselves and they can be driven by I should or I must type of thinking. Sometimes we don't realize just how unrealistic our expectations of ourselves actually are this is where self-compassion comes into it again and learning about why our expectations are so high. This is covered later on in the Body Resilient Mum Project, why our expectations are often so high. But understanding this can really help bring into perspective these unrealistic thoughts. So and now we've identified some of those thought traps, how do we get out of them? Well, I've already gone through a few ideas already, but firstly, we can identify the thought trap. When we can identify it and name it, we can pretty much hit the pause button on that cycle, that cognitive behavior therapy cycle that we went through earlier. We can hit the pause button and take a step back from the situation. Secondly, we can challenge that thought by asking ourselves to find the evidence to support it. So where is the evidence for this belief? Can you prove it? Can you disprove it? And thirdly, 
we can replace this unhelpful thought or we can replace this thought trap with a fact or evidence that goes against the unhelpful thought. So have a think about a thought trap you might have fallen into recently. Can you identify it? Can you challenge it? And can you replace it? A really lovely way of helping your mind to focus on these things is mindfulness as a practice. As mums, our mental load can be heavy. It can be busy. Our brains almost never switch off. If you add these unhelpful thought traps to that load, it can be really hard to break free of it and to hit that pause button and take a step back. So mindfulness is a really lovely way of helping your brain to focus. Being able to quieten the noise around you, not the physical noise, but also the mental load noise, you know, all that, um, all the things that you're already thinking about, being able to quieten that, focus on identifying a thought trap, focus on trying to challenge it. This is where mindfulness comes in. In the Body Resilient Mum project, I've got some links to some of my favorite mindfulness resources. But I'm going to take you through a very quick exercise now. If you're in the car driving, you absolutely do not want to do this because I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. But if you're sitting at home somewhere, give this a go and see if you can add it into your daily routine, maybe five minutes before the kids wake up, maybe five minutes before going to bed. But it's a really helpful tool in helping to quieten your mind and focus on what you need to focus on, such as thought challenging. Okay, so you're going to close your eyes and you're going to breathe into your rib cage, feeling the breath expand into your ribs, and then you're going to breathe out through your mouth. When you've just paused for a few moments, you're then going to start counting your breaths. So as you breathe in, you're going to count one. As you exhale, you're going to count two. As you inhale, you're going to count three. As you exhale, you're going to count four, and so on until you get to eight. When you reach eight, you're going to start again at one. The challenge here is focusing on the task. And the only task you need to do is count your breaths. This is going to be tricky because we are going to find that our thoughts wander and things pop into our head and we go off on a bit of a thought journey. It's okay to have thoughts pop into your head. It's okay to let your mind wander. The skill is bringing it back. So if you find that your mind does wander and you've lost your train of thought with your thinking, you're just going to bring it back and start again at one. Acknowledge the thought that's come along, but say, no, nope, we're going to think about that later. You can imagine that you're sitting on top of a mountain and all you can see is clouds around you because the mountain is so high up. The, th the clouds are thoughts and as the clouds come along, you can see it, you can identify it, you acknowledge it, and then you let it pass. That's what you're going to do with your thoughts. Five minutes, 10 minutes, doesn't have to be long of this mindfulness, can really help teach you, you have to do it often enough, but it can teach you how to focus your thoughts, which can be a really helpful skill in thought challenging when you want to quieten the noise in your head, identify the unhelpful thoughts, and then challenge them. And that brings me to the end of part one of this topic in the podcast. You can join me again for part two later on in other episodes. I really hope 
that after listening to this, you've picked up on some skills that you can use either to quieten your mind, maybe some mindfulness, or maybe some thought challenging skills. Perhaps you're now rethinking how you see your body. Are you thinking about your body in a different way? Part two, I'll be talking more about how to pick apart what you see in the media and how this affects how you feel about your body. I'll also cover how to talk about body image with friends and family, how to bring it up in conversation and things that you can do when you don't want to be part of a conversation about weight loss, about weight, about aesthetics over function and how you can help to educate those around you, including your children. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, make sure you hit follow wherever you listen to your podcasts, rate and review so that more mums can start to challenge societal norms when it comes to what their body should look like. For further information on what I've covered in this episode or to connect with me in person, head to the link in the show notes. You'll also find the link to enroll in my online course, The Body Resilient Mum Project. Until next time, bye for now.